Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. It's a Monday. In reality, we're on a plane right now, flying from Las Vegas to um, Minneapolis and on to Fort Wayne. So we're going to have the best of living in today's world today. Share some of the things that we have brought your way in the last few years that have happened in our world and are very important. I think you'll enjoy this, my friend. The best of. In the meantime, thank you for supporting Greg Patton Ministries and this Christian radio station. Oh, we need you in so many ways. And your prayers, your assistance, your finances, all of those things are a really big deal to us at Greg Patton Ministries, producer of Hello World, and to this Christian radio station you're listening to right now. Together, we say thank you so very much for being a part and being here today. And now, what in the world's going on as we live in today's world? Well, let me tell you. A plethora of thoughts today on soul winning, a sizable church saying a nice thing, and pastors can't win. I have a truck driving friend that is a real soul winner, and he does it in so many ways. Here's his latest thought. He said that he was able to share Jesus Christ with... Um, well, two people today. He's always on the street, holding signs, passing out tracks. He is a real soul winner, this guy. So back to these two. One was a stranger, the other man I've known for 10 years or so. Somewhat a friendly guy. I was walking to my car to come home, and this guy was leaving the shop and uh, stopped to just talk a few minutes. He had his mask on and quickly proceeded to tell me that the place he works for is for sale. No business, and he hopes to find work very soon. He was paid cash today to run a few errands for this guy. Hasn't worked since March 15th. He asked my opinion on the coronavirus. And before I could say anything, he started, This is the end of the world. It's end times, my friend. Pestilence, famine, wars everywhere. The Bible says all of this is going to happen. Armageddon. I said, If you think so, brother, you better make sure that you've trusted Jesus Christ to save you. You know what he did? He blew me off and laughed. This man laughed. How can a guy tell me a handful of events out of the Bible, even tell me that the Bible says this or that, yet when I tell him to trust Jesus, he laughs? Isn't that sad? Terrible? I was sure he was going to tell me about his conversion or that he had trusted Jesus recently. Nope, he just laughed. Conversation came to a quick close and bumped elbows and said, good knowing you. Hope to see you again someday. Really? You hope to see me again? That just happened. My prayer every morning is, Lord, make me the light to other people, and I will shine on them. Shine your love and your words twice today, and both times it was rejected. Will I stop? No way am I going to stop. Will I tell the story more and more and more? Yes. What hurts at times is people know all about the Bible, know all about Jesus, but will not accept him for salvation. My friend said this breaks his heart. Can't imagine how it hurts God. How about you? Have you trusted Jesus? Has a time come in your life where you realize that you were indeed a sinner and you accepted Jesus after asking forgiveness of your sin? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Very important. Nothing more important today than trusting Christ as Savior. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's you. That's today. Today's the day of salvation. Why not get saved today? So from winning souls to the size of your church, 
Do you go to a big church? They're called mega churches. Do you go to a small church? What, under 50? Under a dozen? The small church, the big church, there's always a thought there. One seems to be always picking on the other. I was talking this week to uh, Dr. Ken Copley, former pastor. He was friends with Jack Hiles. He used to have a big church in Hammond, Indiana. I guess the two of them had lunch every now and then, and um, Copley had a small church. What, Hiles had thousands going to his. He said, yeah, we really appreciate the small church here in Hammond because we have some place to send our disgruntled people. Oh, boy. I think you need to see how prone some people are to accuse and question anything that they don't like in life. We're bad at that. The larger a church, the more capacity and manpower and resources they have to do, and the smaller churches can't do that. They're just not able to do that because of their size. Because God is a big God does not make him necessarily a stingy God or a greedy God, and neither does it mean that his people are that way. You paint with a mighty wide brush when you try and paint everyone in the same category. My observation over a period of time is that many more people are often slighted or ignored by small churches than they are by the large ones. The larger churches did not get large for no reason at all. Count me a friend of everyone who is doing the work of Jesus Christ today, whoever, wherever, whatever size you are, large, small, or in between, whether they have their flaws or not. Let him that is without sin go ahead and cast that first stone. And ultimately, those who are out there casting stones don't see any wrong in and of themselves. We're guilty trying to make everyone else look smaller by cutting them down and trying to make them appear small. And then I was thinking about compliments. Yeah, we like to get them now and then, don't we? We have our daily radio program called Hello World, news, information, and comment, heard on many stations and on the Internet, literally around the world. What a thrill to that half-hour program every day, and to hear from you and the wonderful things that you say. And yet, one of the best things is to hear from one of your children. We have been blessed in the Patton household. Sheridan and I have six children. We've had 15 grandchildren. We're now moving into the great-grandchildren mode. And, you know, if it was this wonderful, but we would have had the grandchildren first. You've probably heard that one. But still, great to hear from your kids. Well, one of my kids posted this on Facebook. Must be thinking about old dad. And my daughter came through by... Reminding us pastors are frontliners too. While doctors care for the body's condition, pastors care for the soul's destination. Pray for pastors, those out there that are praying for you. Well, thank you. On another note, I love you, Dad, for your dedication, obedience, and that hard work. Side note here, biggest and best role models in my life are my parents. Love them so Oh, that's good, sweetheart. Some of you listening will remember me talking about the new <laughs> truck that I got. This has been a few years ago, 15 years old. But this old girl is in great shape, not a spot on her inside or out. People are amazed a vehicle this old can look this good. So, But I guess I have a problem now. After the service this week, one of the men in the church came up to me, looked at the truck, had a thought or two. Now, preacher, you were you were driving that old green truck, and people were somewhat embarrassed that our pastor drove something like that. 
<laughs> it was an old GMC, rust everywhere, cost me $800, and uh, it got totaled out in an ice storm, But uh, so I went quite some time without one, and then this vehicle came along, and I was so excited to get this truck. Anyway, after the service, midweek here, the gentleman came up and said, we got another problem, Pastor. You had the one that looked like a junker, and people were embarrassed. Now you've got this thing that looks like a million dollars, and people are going to think no pastor should drive something this nice. <laughs> For all the pastors listening today, be honest now, you know what I'm talking about. So, so what else is on my mind here? I guess I'm wondering, are you comfortable where you are in life? Do you have a bank full of money, no real problems, no bills, health issues are fine, and I don't think that's going to work. You don't, No matter how rich or how prominent or how powerful you might be, until you allow Almighty God to complete His purpose for your life, everything, everything you do will seem empty and vain, because it will be. Almighty God created you to bear His image. There's a God-shaped vacuum inside of every human being that can only be satisfied by Almighty God. So that must mean that when you are completely yielded to God, and only when you are completely yielded to Him, are you allowing God to fill you with His character, His purpose, His plan for your life. In order for God to make us like His Son, Jesus Christ, He has to deal with everything in our lives that doesn't reflect Jesus Christ. Now, boy, this could be trouble, right? I mean, every attitude of your heart. How is your attitude? As a man thinketh, what he thinks about all day long, that's what he is, Proverbs says. Every attitude of your heart, every attitude of your mind, every action, desires, plans, goals, dreams, what are they today? Anything that doesn't make us more like Jesus Christ has got to be sifted through his loving hands. Put it through the sifter and then get rid of it. God molds us in the image of his Son by allowing the Holy Spirit within us to express the life of Jesus Christ moment by moment. Is Jesus coming out of you today? When you walk in the Spirit of God, we walk in humble submission to His authority. Have you been doing that? Then I think we begin to exhibit the life Jesus Christ is in all that we say and think and do. And, and I've discovered that that's been easier for me now that I'm getting older. Things that used to be important to me are not important. I mean, it's like when I got saved. Oh, I thought this was hot and this was good and I needed that. And then after I got saved... It just reversed. I didn't need any of that stuff, and the things that I didn't think that I needed, I really desperately need. Does that make sense? Sure it does, if you're a Christian. But as you get older, again, a lot of those things have gone away, and what's really important in life? That's the question you ask. All of us go through trouble. All of us go through hardships in life. Times when we find ourselves in despair, and times that we're wondering if God really understands our hurts at all. There is someone who loves you in your hurt, loves you in your suffering, in your despair, loves you in your sense of hopelessness today, who is more than adequate to meet your needs, whatever those needs might be. Almighty God, your comforter, the one who cares enough for us to ease our pain and reassure us that we're going to make it through this thing, no matter what it is, with him beside us. Jesus Christ said in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, come to me, didn't he? 
all you who are weary and heavy laden today. So I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest in your souls. Don't you want that? For my yoke is easy. My load is light. Give it to God. Cast all your care upon him today. God's interested in comforting you in your heartaches and in your difficulties. He wants to be there. Let him. The true God of the Bible is a God who cares enough about you to love you no matter where you are in life or what you are feeling today. You can't erase his love for you. No, you can't. He's a God who cares for you in a very personal way. What did he say? I think this is one of my favorite. John 14, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places, many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. John 14, 1 through 3. Heaven, oh, it's a real place. God has established your citizenship in heaven now. Yes, it's there now. Many times we focus on our present troubles and overlook his promises for the future. In heaven, we will experience peace and intimacy with the Savior. We'll have a perfect harmony with one another there. There's going to be no night because Jesus will be our eternal light. We will be caught up with a deep desire to serve God and worship God. We're going to be absolutely pure and perfect. Matthew 13, 43 says, Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of the Father. We will be given the capacity to serve and to reign in heaven according to our faithfulness on earth. Our very presence will bring glory to God. Our very presence will shout for eternity before the angels that God is a God of grace and a God of love and mercy. You know, there are many religions out there today, but there's only one true God and only one true heaven and only one true way to get there through Jesus Christ. You got to be willing today to confess your sins and accept God's Son as your Savior in order to enjoy heaven. The moment you do, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life for all eternity. Why don't you do that today? God cares so much for you. He's chosen to reveal himself to us and to rescue us from hell, eternal death. He's a God who loves us deeply, desires a personal, loving relationship with us today. He rushes to meet us in our hurt and our loneliness. He's the omniscient God of the universe. He cares for you today. He comforts you in all, not some, not most, all of your hurts. The God who cares is the God who knows every step you take, every dream you have, every desire in your heart today. He is the God who gives you hope and longs to share more of himself with you every day. You need to understand, you are a VIP, very important person to God. He cares for you in so many wonderful ways. And once you know that God cares for you, you never need to despair again. Well, if you just joined us, you're listening to a special edition of Hello World, Best of Living in Today's World. I probably should have started with this one in light of all that's happening in America today, talking about depression. I've been thinking a lot about what's happening to this country. Now, think about these things, my friend, because it's very important. What's going to happen to America? 
Or why is God angry at this country? What is truth? You shall know the truth. It'll set you free. A good reading today might be 2 Timothy 3.1. In the end times and their coming, it will be terrible in those last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Tell me we're not there. Lovers of money and boastful people and proud and abusive and disobedient to their parents. My goodness. It's never been like this, has it? Ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good for sure. The Bible says the last days on earth are going to be filled with tragedy, and there's not much good news in the world right now, is there? Doomsday bearing down on America? Think about it. In the minds of many, sure. Others see the future as providing more fantastic opportunities. Things are wonderful, especially in the last two years. Opportunities on every hand. New inventions happening. Microchip technology. Levels of communication and efficiency that most never dreamed of. It's a great day in America. Is it? While technological advances continue to impress us, there's also the ever-growing dark side of man. Read Jeremiah 17, 9. Man's nature is being revealed in his misrule of the planet. You hear these stories every day on Hello World. Poverty, war, ethnic tensions continue to worsen. Even in the United States of America, the nation widely recognized as the most powerful and influential nation of the free world. It's currently experiencing difficulties, right? How many people are behind President Trump? How many people were behind President Obama? Who really is the leader? So what does the future hold? Will technology be used to bring about recovery, or will it be used by evil-minded men to bring about our demise? According to the Bible, what will happen to America? You know, the majority of people who settled in this country have a unique connection to the biblical patriarch Abraham and his descendants. You can read in Genesis 48, 13-16, explaining how Joseph, Abraham's great-grandson, was sold into slavery by his brothers, yet became a powerful ruler in Egypt. Joseph's two sons, Ephraim, Manasseh, received from their grandfather Jacob a special blessing, did they not, that had previously been passed down from Abraham? Prophecies in the Bible reveal that these two brothers, Ephraim and Manasseh, would rise to prominence. Today, the descendants of those two are largely the peoples of Great Britain and the United States, respectively. To understand what's going to happen to America, you have to study biblical prophecy directed toward Manasseh. The Bible prophesies that the descendants of this man would become a great nation, and that the descendants of his brother Ephraim would become a multitude of nations, Genesis 48, 19. The United States and Britain and some of its former colonies, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, are the nation and a group of nations that best fit this biblical description. We have really been blessed here in America. As far as military prowess and physical blessings go, the Bible says that in the last days, the descendants of Joseph would be exceptionally blessed above all other nations, even their own brethren, and other nations that would rise from Abraham's descendants, Genesis 49. These prophecies have come to pass, just as God said. And the United States, hey, it's unusual, summarizing the physical resources of this country, such as the American geography is an impressive one. The Great Mississippi Basin, together with intercoastal waterways, has more miles of navigable internal waterways than the rest of the world combined. 
The American Midwest is both overlaid by this waterway and is the world's largest contiguous piece of farmland. The U.S. Atlantic coast possesses more major ports than the rest of the Western Hemisphere combined. Two vast oceans insulated the United States from Asian and European powers. Deserts separate the United States from Mexico to the south. Lakes and forests separate the population in Canada from those in the United States. The United States has capital, food surplus, physical insulation in excess of every other country in the world by an exceedingly large margin. Sure it does. And people continue to wonder, why does God bless the United States, despite all of our evil here? The U.S. is a powerful nation with abundant fertile land, a good climate, and laws that allow for creativity and investment in hard work and the ability to enjoy the fruits of one's labor. But in spite of the United States' blessings, my friend, poor decisions by leadership through the years have threatened the way of life of so many Americans, those that have come to enjoy this old world. Irresponsible increases in debt and entitlement programs that cannot possibly be sustained at current levels of taxation or problems passed on from one generation to the next. You take care of that. Most of those listening to this radio broadcast are Christian, are conservative in their ideas and philosophies. And one of the dangers of all of this stuff, especially politically, is getting your eyes off of God and onto a man. Remember, God is in charge. One of the questions on the minds of so many people, you're hearing it day in and day out on Christian radio. Are we there? Is Jesus coming soon? What do you think? Solomon wrote, everything under the sun is meaningless, like chasing after the wind, Ecclesiastes 114. Do you ever feel like that's happening? Everything in your life is meaningless? You're chasing the wind? No wonder you can get depressed in the world today, and no wonder I asked the question as we started, can a Christian be depressed anymore anytime you wake up, <laughs> read something, watch the news, you go into a state of depression because there's so much confusion in the world today and in the United States, and who is the author of confusion? Yeah, I know that you're strong spiritually, but I'm telling you, my friend, Anybody, anytime can get into a state of depression. Turn to the author and finisher of your faith. Most of our lives, hay, wood, and stubble. What really counts? The Bible says only those things done for Christ will last. Everything that we see is going to be the hay, wood, and stubble that's going to burn. And those precious jewels, the things that you do for Jesus. In just the last week, how many things have there been? Yeah, depression, it's real in more ways than one. But my friend, we have someone very special, if you know Jesus Christ as Savior. He is not an answer, as most of us know. Oh, no, he is the absolute answer, period. Have you ever been saved? Good start today. Trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for whosoever, that's you, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why not do it today, my friend? Well, that's it. I can report to you. Fantastic time with Billy Crone. <laughs> He's something else out in Las Vegas, Nevada, Southwest Radio Church. We've been doing our thing over the weekend, and uh, what a joy it was to be. He's got a great church and a great group of loving people. So very, very kind. Thank you to Sunrise Bible Church of Henderson, Nevada. Really, Las Vegas, Nevada. Such a 
joy for us to be with you. And I say that on behalf of the entire Southwest Radio Church team. And finally, <laughs> got to end with this big tip for you. Ring the doorbell on your way to bed tonight, and this will clear all the dogs off the bed long enough for you to get in there and get comfortable. <laughs> I've had as many. Well, never mind. Thanks so much for being a part of Hello World every day at this time. Join me on Facebook, Greg, Jerry G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. Hello, world. The news edition back to normal, I guess, tomorrow. God bless. Have a great Monday.